0: Hello and welcome to BJGP interviews. My name is Ewan Lawson and I'm the editor of the BJGP. In this episode, we talk to Dr. John Gibson, who's a research fellow at the School of Health Sciences at the University of Manchester. And the paper is Primary Care Workforce Composition and Population Professional and System Outcomes A Retrospective Cross Sectional Analysis. Now, we all know that there's a significant GP workforce crisis uh, in the UK. And, um, but what we don't know yet is the impact of other, we don't know very well, the impact of other healthcare professionals on outcomes. And there's very little evidence in and around this. Well, that paper certainly helps that. And I started by asking John to tell us a little bit more about the most recent workforce figures and how they fit in. And then to tell us a little bit more about what they did in this study. The latest primary care workforce figures were actually released
1: uh, quite recently, and these are for as at the 31st of March, 2022. And they show that the number of fully qualified GPs in primary care has actually fallen by about 1.3%. And as well, the number of nurses full-time equivalent is reduced by 0.8%, whereas practitioners who are in the direct patient care group, which are people like pharmacists, physician associates, paramedics... This category has actually increased by 9.6% full-time equivalents. So what we're seeing is the number of GPs remaining fairly static or even reducing in certain quarters, whereas the number of workers in these other groups, such as direct patient care, the pharmacists, the paramedics, physician associates, their numbers are increasing.
0: So we're seeing this workforce change over time. Yeah, so even more important than ever to understand, and and I think you say in the introduction to this paper, which sets out very nicely, is we don't really know what difference that makes to the care that patients receive or other outcomes particularly. And you've explored that a little bit here, haven't you? Absolutely, yeah. So there has been a little bit of work
1: in the past looking at the impact of nurses and GPs, but what we're seeing is the changing workforce of these new types of staff, such as pharmacists and paramedics, and that, that was the area that we wanted to look at in this paper.
0: Yes, yeah, so you've had to do some serious number crunching here, give us a flavour for what you did, but then we'll get on to finding out what you found.
1: Yeah, so what we did is we we, we categorised all these different staff groups, there's a huge number of staff groups and this data is released by NHS Digital and we took the, the full-time equivalence of these uh, these different staff groups and we we further grouped them into four broad categories. So first of all, we had uh, the GPs. So this includes the partner GPs, salary GPs, locums, uh, registrars and retainers. That was our first group. So we looked at how many GP full-time equivalents a practice employed. Then we had a category for the number of nurses. So this might include the practice nurses, advanced and specialists, as well as trainees. So again, we, we worked out how many nurse full-time equivalents each practice had. And then we had two other groups which captured the other types of and the newer types of staff that work in GP practices. So we had healthcare professionals, which included the pharmacists, physiotherapists, physician associates, paramedics, those kind of uh, staff. And these were staff who could perform therapeutic tasks on their own and perform assessments. And then finally, we had healthcare associate professionals. This is our final group. This included healthcare assistants, nurse associates, pharmacy technicians, dispensers. And these were the types of staff who were more often performing delegated tasks. So those were the four groups that we were interested in. And for each practice, we used the NHS digital data to work out how many full-time equivalents of staff in these groups each practice had.
0: Yeah. And you had a big data set as well. Yeah. Six and a half thousand practices. Yes. And obviously you've done the usual uh, statistical uh, tricks, bells and whistles with this to actually look for the associations in terms of regression models and stuff. We won't linger on that. Tell us a little bit about what you found. I think we should say, first of all, that we were talking about this before. And there's a tremendous number of findings and a tremendous complexity to the results here. And we would encourage anybody to get along, and the paper's obviously open access, like all our research is, get along and have a look at the data that's there and see for themselves some of the findings. But we can certainly give an indication of some of the some of the interesting results that have come out of this, John. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, so table three in, in the paper is, is where you
1: want to look out for the results. And we were really interested in, look, in exploring as many outcomes as possible, because really these are new types of workers, new types of staff There has been fairly limited amount of research in the past uh, on, on the effects of, of these new types of staff. So we really wanted to take a broad look at what might be happening in, in, in general practice as the workforce changes. So we were looking at um, practice activities. So we were looking at the uh, time. So from the GP patient survey, we had data on the time a patient has last seen their GP or last had an appointment with a nurse. We wanted to look at the quality of care. So we had data from the COF and we wanted to look at patient experience. So we we had data on patient satisfaction, satisfaction of their overall experience with the practice, satisfaction with their experience of making an appointment at the practice. We wanted to look at prescribing activity. So we had data on the, the, the total amounts of pre- prescription that a practice performs thousand patients um, a little bit on the sort of quality of prescribing so we wanted to look at the percentage of narrow spectrum antibiotics to the total amount of antibiotics prescribed at the practice and we also looked at, at secondary care activity, so hospital activity, the amount of um, AE attendances, outpatient attendances and both elective and emergency admissions. So what we had is we had these huge amount of outcomes that we want to explore and look at the associations between these outcomes and those four staffing groups that i just explained earlier so to do that we we employed a sort of uh, linear regression uh, approach to our methodology and uh, yeah i won't go into the details too much they're all included in the paper but then we we uh, estimated these regressions t- to look at the association between the staffing groups and these outcomes
0: Tell us a little bit about some of the headline results for GPs, particularly related to patient satisfaction and maybe around sort of costs of prescription and antibiotics.
1: Yeah, so so GP um, the GP category was uh, was the, the most significant category in terms of relationships between the associations of, of, of the staffing in the in this category and outcomes. Um, we saw what, what we present in the paper is our estimated effects of the effect of one additional full-time equivalent on the outcome. All of the results that are presented in table three of the paper are basically the association between adding one additional member of staff to the outcome. We've taken a, a Z-score transformation of the outcomes so that we can compare more easily between the different outcomes because all the outcomes are on different scales. And so that becomes very different, difficult to interpret between our different models. For the moment, what we found is that an additional full-time equivalent a general practitioner leads to a uh, h- higher COAF score, more patient satisfaction, a uh, higher level of GP job satisfaction as well. So in the practices that employ more GPs, GP satisfaction in those practices is, is in fact higher. A reduced amount of time for patients to wait between seeing their GP and uh, a, in fact, a lower use of narrow spectrum antibiotics. And we also see a higher level of hospital activity as well, statistically, significantly associated with higher
0: levels of uh, GP employment. The other groups seem to have the other, the, the, there was no, the other three groups were associated in the other direction for most of these. So we've got to be careful about making sweeping statements, but there did seem to be, there were certainly differences there. Tell us a little bit about the other, the additional nurses and health associate professionals and say for prescribing activity, for instance. Yes. Yeah, you, you're right that the, for the nurse group, they were associated
1: with, with a slightly lower, uh, with, with a, a negative association with patient satisfaction. So one additional nurse full-time equivalent would lead to uh, lower patient satisfaction, both overall with the practice and in terms of making an, an appointment at that practice. We did have uh, ever see an association with uh, lower costs of prescribing per item, and as well as um with the GPs, we saw increased hospital admissions as well.
0: I think it's probably important at this point, I would just want to make the point that I think because of these markers, they look like they're in favour of the GPs in various ways, but these perhaps reflect really complex organisational matters and practice matters. It's not just about an individual nurse. I would never want this to be interpreted as an individual nurse is not doing as good a job as a GP in that regard. There's, there's a lot of complex factors in here, isn't there? And it's very important that we don't interpret it in that uh, absolutely. kind of way. And there's probably some you know tra-
1: traditional preferences from from uh, practice patients as well in their expectations about which members of staff they ring up and they expect to see as well, which might you know change over time. So yeah, it's important not to 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 draw too many conclusions on the, on these results.
0: No, oh, I draw the wrong conclusion, certainly. I think, you know, as you say, you had a very big data set here, so you could potentially pick up quite small changes in organisational sort of structures, for instance. So we don't quite know what's the under... This, obviously, your paper doesn't tell us what the underlying cause is as such. We're just looking at associations as ever. Absolutely, yeah. And
1: this is just a cross-sectional analysis as well. So we're not looking at changes over time. We're just looking at a snapshot pre-pandemic. This, this was done using 2019 uh, data.
0: Um, fabulous paper, though, and a really interesting set of results. I mean, there's some of the graphs here and they're in the uh, available in the paper as well and in the supplementary materials um, are quite startling. When you look at the um, like figure one, for instance, you look at the patient experience with making an appointment and the trends that are visible there. Upwards for GPS and tend to be downwards um, for the others. Um, what are you particularly pleased about with this study, and what what do you think um, are the important areas for us to look at for this to look at next?
1: Yeah, I was particularly pleased with with the broad amount of outcomes that we were able to analyse and look at the different aspects of, of, of the outcomes at, at practice, um, as well as the fact that this was fairly new, not but many other people have been able to look at the effect of these new new professionals. And I think that's a very important area of research, uh, both now and in the future as this data becomes available. And as the workforce changes as well, we're seeing these changes in the workforce, so it's important to understand what impact these changes are having and may have in the future as it changes further. In terms of future research, as I, as I've just said, this is a cross-sectional analysis. What we really want to do uh, moving on from this is look at how Small changes over time from year to year affect changes in the outcomes over time, which will allow us to do a a bit more of a sort causal analysis in looking at changes in the staffing leading to changes in outcomes.
0: Yeah, that seems most useful, doesn't it? The the tracking over time is going to be really important, especially with, particularly in England, uh, the additional roles reimbursement scheme as it's kicking in and the impact it has in the coming years. John, that's been really fantastic. A really good overview of some quite remarkably um, insightful research, something we haven't known anything, something we've known very little about before, and it's so important when we consider the the workforce changes that are happening. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com do share if you've enjoyed it subscribe via all the usual places including apple podcasts google spotify or your podcaster of choice thanks again